Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Live from New York, the show that has a steady buzz in more ways than one. It's First Things First. <laughs> On today's show, Aaron Rodgers talks about Odell. Is Odell a must-sign for the Packers if they want to compete, Broussard? Meanwhile, in other Aaron news, Aaron Judge is the new home run champion of the American League. That guy caught the ball. Ooh. What do we do with Bond's record, and what would Nick do if he caught the home run ball? And finally, oh, he was full of caffeine and espressos because late last night, burning the midnight oil, the tears committee was meeting. We're back with another round of tears. Alongside Chris Broussard, I'm Kevin Wilds. Nick, do we expect the Chiefs to be at the top? Are we in? Well, let me tell you this. Unlike the last couple weeks, no real debate about who belongs at the top of the tiers. Oh. We all knew it, we all know it, and we will all discuss it in an hour. Oh, that was good. One of many three-in-one teams. One of many three I mean, this guy. Uh, we start with a rush to judgment. There's a no-pun policy on the show, but I am breaking it for Cooper Rush. Cowboys visit the Rams. Cooper Rush trying to stay undefeated. Bob Sturm of The Athletic writing, Cooper Rush has saved the season and should be positioned as a hero. Wow. Oh, man. Nick, is there anything Cooper Rush can do to spark a quarterback controversy? There should not be anything he can do, but there certainly is something he can do. Ooh, like, there's how it should be and how it actually is oh, it's very in marvelous. all aspects of the world, right? In, by any standard of logic or reasoning, we all know that while Cooper Rush has overachieved and done, it has been a hero in sports terms sure. for the Cowboys, we also know the context under which he has won these games. And we know that everything has been just perfect for Dallas. They haven't turned the ball over. They're tied for the best with Philly in the whole league and lack of turnovers, only two. Cooper gets some credit for that, but that's also some good fortune. Other guys haven't fumbled, hasn't had bad luck. Yeah. They have played a soft-ish schedule throughout this, and at no point in any of these games have the Cowboys been in a gotta-have-it, must-pass, the whole world knows you're passing, can-you-make-the-throw situation, which is the spot you are most nervous about your quarterback coming through if you have backup quarterback. So under all those circumstances, he's done well. And that article, which is a really good article, explains how he's done almost all of his damage on first downs, which is the easiest down to pass on, all of that. So, in reality, Dak Prescott, your $200 million man, who is not a great quarterback, but clearly a top 12 quarterback in this league, should be the guy as soon as he's healthy. And nothing Cooper Rush has done should, have, should impact your view of that moving forward. But in reality, in the real world, Brew, mm-hmm. if they beat the Rams, even if 
It's a Jimmy G-style victory. If it's 13-10 to 10 where the defense carries them, even if Cooper Rush does nothing seriously of note, if they beat the Rams and then they bring Dak out the very next week to play Philly, and Philly does what Philly's been doing, which is play great on both sides of the ball, make other teams' quarterbacks look uh, inept at various points, and Dak's a little rusty, there will be a quarterback controversy. There should not be. I would not. And Jerry Jones, by the way, won't hate it because it will oh, be more reason right. for the Cowboys to be in the news, which is always objective A in Dallas. So, yes, I think simply beating the Rams, no matter how well he plays, would create a controversy, even though I think it's a ludicrous one. I'm with you in that it shouldn't be a controversy, but I, I, I disagree in that if they win – but he doesn't play well, or he does what he's been doing, which is about 220 yards a game, one maybe touchdown, one no touchdown, yes. right. Uh, I don't think the controversy is there for smart football people, okay? Now, for foolish people, sure, they might just say, oh, he's winning, here we go. But if he, I think what it would take, Nick, <laughs> sorry, about that. if he goes out and they beat the Rams and he has a huge game, which oh. is possible. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards. He hasn't even thrown for 240 yet. He threw for 325 last year against Minnesota. If he does something like that, 325, I'm going overboard. Three touchdowns, no picks, and they blow out the Rams. That's when you've got a controversy because right now, Cooper Rush, I, I just mentioned some of his numbers. They don't, they're not close to what Dak Prescott produced. And as you say, you talked about the offense not making mistakes. The defense has had no margin for error. All right, none whatsoever. Now, they've been great, but they're not going to be that great every single game. You look at Dak's numbers last year, the Cooper rushes this year, in, you know, when rushes started, the yeah. three games he started, Dak's and Dak's dwarf him. Yep. What that does is it gives the defense a little room to breathe. And they're going to need that, especially in big games. Look at the TD percentage. So, Dak is played, playing much better. I do want them to focus on the run and get that going. Have Don't have Dak do too much. But you got to throw Dak back in there as soon as – Yeah, I know. But we all – right now we're drunk on vacation. Third day on vacation, super drunk at the bar with your wife. And you're like – Why don't we live here? Why don't we live here? <laughs> like, we should live here, right? Like, going into it, you're like, well, this is just temporary. Yeah. Then day one goes well. Day two goes well. Day three, yeah. have a few drinks. You're like, this is nice. <laughs> we sort of simplified our life a lot. Yeah. I like it here. We need to just wake up the next day and be like, all right, this doesn't work. What are right. we going to do for a job? But that hasn't happened yet. That's We're at the height of it. So here's the other thing about being drunk on vacation. Yeah. You look around, and you're like, now, has anyone ever done it? And then in Aruba we went, and the guy from, has a Wisconsin brat stand right on the beach for a start. Libby's talking to the guy. The version of the Wisconsin brat stand in Aruba is Tom Brady and Cooper Rush. If we can show the graphic again. Yeah. We showed this yesterday. We didn't really dive into it. To be 100% honest, I was a little reticent to show it. I was a little nervous yeah. comparing Cooper Rush to the GOAT. But look. You keep winning and winning and win winning, and then the coach is like, no, we're going to stick with the hot hand. It's on the board. I'm just – it's on the board, Broussard. Here's the difference, though. That Patriots team – I know they had Drew Bledsoe. They weren't good. 
the they were five year. and eleven the year before. They were eight and eight before that. But Belichick gets there his first year. They go five and eleven with Drew Bledsoe. They go zero and two to start the season. So they're five and thirteen with Bledsoe. Dak, they were twelve and five last year and the highest scoring offense Here's in the league. So that's a huge difference. I get it. another difference is Brady. Even that first year, and obviously the most famous moment of that is in the Super Bowl. But throughout that year, he didn't have big numbers right. and he didn't throw for a lot of touchdowns. But he had big moments. He had big moments in tight games in the fourth yep. quarter. Now the games were 13-13 because they were all rock fights for that Patriot team. But Brady came through in some spots. I. It would be unfair for me to say Cooper Rush can't do that because he's done everything they've asked him to do. But because of how well the defense has played and because of who they've played, there's been one spot the whole run where the game's in question in the fourth quarter. That's against the Bengals. And on that drive to get Mm -hmm. the game-winning field goal, they never face a third down. Like So we haven't seen those moments. But what I have been quite spot on about is – Calling not how Rush is going to play, but the narratives of the Cowboys like from the moment Jerry said, oh, Dak, we're not putting him on IR. And we all said what a farce that was about how it was to just to get the PR and not the roster spot, all of that. I promise you that if Dak Prescott comes back for the Eagles game, if they have won this Rams game, it turns into – it metastasizes into something – that can be a distraction throughout the year. So my advice for the Cowboys would be this. Because Dak Lose? can't. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no. Dak can't play this weekend. I feel like we all know that. If no matter what happens on Sunday, don't have Dak come back for the Eagles game. I like this. But he, if, he, like because this the next two games after that are Detroit and Chicago. And you know what benefit it would be? One is Dak will be as healthy, even healthier, right. rather than being rushed back. Another is everybody's lighting up the Lions. Now, the Lions are lighting teams up as well, but it's the number one offense and, and the number 32 Dallas, defense. Right. And then Chicago, and then a bye week. You have two good Dak Prescott games against the Lions and the Bears. Then you have a bye, and you're a month removed from this Cooper Rush fling. If you throw him in against the Eagles... When even if he's fully healthy, there's nothing to say he's going to look good against that team whose defense just being I rusty. think has been one of the stories of the season and could be rusty. You are at you are asking for you're inviting to use another torture analogy. You're inviting your ex to your wedding. Like it'll maybe it'll be fun, yeah. but maybe it'll just be a total disaster. Like the and so I just no that that's I, I, I would not play him against Philly even if the doctors like yeah. I, you know, he's, he, I think he's cleared to go. I, I think the reasoning you had is sound. And just give him another week to get healthy. It was supposed to be six to eight weeks. Let him get healthy if you're playing well. However, because this thing is spinning out of control, mm-hmm. if Rush plays well against the Rams and they win, and then he plays well against the Eagles and they okay, win. Okay, well, then, then the great then, thing we then have to you start got, talking about. I mean, really, but you then, got serious. Can I, can I, can I stop? Yeah. Hey, like, it's spinning out of control. Like, we're the ones on the carousel pushing this thing. <laughs> like, it's going crazy. <laughs> no, you created the graphic. <laughs> it's spinning out but, of control. Hold on, but he used the Brady example. What about when it comes to Dak Prescott using the Dak Prescott example? Which right. is, there. they weren't undefeated, 
But they were unbelievable. They lost that first game with Dak, and then I what did they start ten and two that year? Yeah, they were. And Dak was unbelievable. Romo was healthy enough to play, and at some point, and Romo was basically Jerry's adopted son. And at some point, they were like, "Well, we got to go with what's working." You know what I mean? We have to go with it. I have been as skeptical as anyone on TV about Cooper, given his pedigree. Yeah, if they beat the Rams and the Eagles, and he's playing, I will. I got to see how what the games go. Say? Well, I got to see how the games go, but I can't close the door to it. Okay, I, okay. He averages two fifty-five, yeah. two hundred fifty-five yards, and a lot of yeah. Has four TDs, no picks. Okay, well then now he's and five they, games with no interceptions. Five games in the two that they're games. five and zero. Oh. No, but it would be what I'm saying. He has no right, interceptions no to this point. And then I got to against Aaron you're Donald and against the Eagles. I got to listen to it. You can't. Some point. Listen, it's not. It's not Mahomes you, or Brady or an unquestioned champion that's your quarterback. Dak has earned the benefit of the doubt, and I think Dak is far better than Cooper Rush, and I think the Cowboys are far better off with Dak Prescott. But I, I reserve the right to change my opinion if Cooper Rush continues to be undefeated and continues to play a, the, the Rams or the Eagles game would be far more impressive than anything no, he's absolutely. done up to this point. And you're saying 255 yards, that would be an upgrade. Two touchdowns a game, that would be an upgrade. You'd be telling me he's getting better? Like, then I at least have to be open to it. You I let, you let Dak on. come back against Detroit yeah. and Chicago, and if he looks horrible and you're losing, you got a bye week to oh, have him battle for the position. Yeah. No, that, that, I'm, I'm going with Dak. I'm going with Dak. I'm riding. Um, okay. I'm riding Wait two Dak. weeks. See what happens. I'm, with I'm with you, Dak. Aaron Rodgers working on a new wide receiver one, perhaps. We discuss next. That guy's got boxing gloves on. You see that? I don't know. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Super Bowl champion Mark Schlereth is here talking about another Super Bowl champion. Two of them, actually. Rodgers and Odell. Aaron Rodgers got a new haircut, new wide receivers. Both take a little getting used to. Rodgers visited McAfee to talk about Odell, and he said this, got dressed up for this quote panel. Odell and I have been friends for a number of years now, so we keep in contact often. We've talked various times over the years, and obviously with a player like that, you're always hoping there's a time when you can figure things out and play together, courtesy the Pat McAfee Show. We don't have any video of it, though. <laughs> Broussard, 
Do the Packers need to sign Odell? Need uh, is a strong word. Well, um, not necessarily. Because, I, I, look, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. They have a very capable coach in Matt LaFleur. Okay. They have a top 10 defense. And they got one of the best run games in the league. They're and supposed I think, to have one of the best run games in the league. I, they still do. Okay. Uh, Aaron Jones is, what, seventh, eighth in rushing. Sure. And obviously, A.J. Dillon is there. So, I think the run game is still strong. OBJ would certainly make them better and, and enhance their chances of getting to the Super Bowl. But like I said, I'm confident that this team will grow and develop as the season goes on. They are 3-1. and one. Do, I expected them to be about 11-6 and six this year. Right. Do you, let and me they're just, way let ahead Let me just ask you happens. a direct question because they're – and this isn't to pin you down on this, but I, this was your preseason Super Bowl. Yes. Thing. Do you think they can still reach that height? Get to the Super Bowl if they don't make an addition at wide receiver. I do. Okay. I do. Well, then I you do. Don't I think Dobbs. I, look, I try to get him. Sure. They should be. They should put a full court press on OBJ to get him. But I think Dobbs and Watson are going to improve. Lazard's going to continue to get better. Now, Sammy Watkins can't. Not surprisingly, can't stay healthy. But the NFC is wide open. And like I said, with that defense and that run game and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think they they still can reach the Super Bowl. All right, I don't want to see a show of hands. Okay, I'm going to take a survey right now. Yeah. That quote you read. Yes. We're friends and we stay in contact often. Yes. Yes or no? Is that true or false? Is that? <laughs> raise <laughs> your hand if you think that that. Year, you, you don't believe what, it. What, what, you don't believe it. How often do, do How often are they talking? How often are they? I have a, I talk to my best friend about twice a year. <laughs> okay. that's fair. That's a, no, that's how it is. Bro. All right. That's fine. That's Here, here's the interesting thing, because yesterday we talked about, you know, we talked about OBJ and, and where his best fit is, and I said the Los Angeles Rams, and I believe that's still the best fit. But here's the thing, Lafleur. McVay, Kyle Shanahan, um, the, uh, McDaniel's from Miami. They all come from Mike Shanahan's tree. They were all on that staff in 2013 uh, for the for Washington at the time when Mike coached them. So even though their offenses look different, so if you look at Shanahan, he wants to base himself out of two tight end sets, two running back sets. Sean McVay is all one tight end, three wide receivers. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, LaFleur is a little mixture of both, right? He does. He gets in and out of those things. But the verbiage, the terminology, and the schemes are all the same. So he could pick it up quick. So he could walk into Green Bay, and basically there wouldn't be a huge adjustment period. Now, every coach is going to put a little nuance on how we're going to coach things, like where I want you on this right. particular play and where the quarterback wants you based on the timing and all that stuff. But he could walk right in, and that terminology and the play call and those route combinations are all identical. So yesterday, Can they get to the Super Bowl without him? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they – I. I don't have them going to the Super Bowl, but I still think that they can develop in time. Like this is this is a marathon, and and you've got to be playing your best football December going into January. That's when you have to be playing your best. We've seen Kansas City. We like not to pump your tires, but we saw them have the worst defense in the history of football right, right up until the time they didn't have the worst defense in the history of football and ended up winning a Super Bowl. Yep. We're doing it that way. So th- there's a there's a learning curve. 
I like to pump him up before yeah, I, I cut his legs <laughs> <up> on <laughs> anything later on and later on in the show. Like I have sharpened my shoulders. Yeah, right. From I mean, I'm gonna take him right out, feet, ass over tea kettle. It's gonna be awesome. So I know it's a small sample size, and it's like ah, I'm still getting used to things. But it feels like there's uh, two major wide receivers switch teams. Yeah. It was Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill felt like a win-win for everybody. The Dolphins got better, and Mahomes stayed the same. If we can show the Mahomes graphic, this is with Tyreek Hill, really good. Without Tyreek Hill, really good. Yeah. The other guy who left was Devontae Adams. Now we can show the other graphic. Yeah. With uh, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers, really good. Without... Passer rating goes down. Sure. TD interception, way different. I can explain it. Though. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. Okay, well, because Devontae Adams is your critical go-to guy. And a lot of times when I'm talking to teams and I'm talking to quarterbacks, I'm saying, hey, okay, it's third down and eight. You got to have it. The, the game is on the line. It's the end of the game. Who's your go-to guy? And they'll say, hey, man, my go-to guy is, in Green Bay's case, Devontae Adams. Yep. He's the guy I'm going to pick. I don't care if he's double teamed. He's the guy that's going to come away with the play. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill was not that guy. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Travis Kelsey. Right. So you have not lost your go-to matchup guy. That's fair. So you're not going to have you're not going to have that lull in critical situations where all of a sudden, like, I don't have a guy. I don't have a guy. Does Rodgers need that guy now? Rodgers is trying to find that guy. That's what's going on. All right. Can I can I reset there in Rodgers' conversation for a moment? Sure. Because what is true? You're right, Brew. They have a they have a good. I think they hope to have a great running game. Right now, they have a good running game, and they've invested a lot of draft capital, much to Rogers' chagrin, over the years on the defense. They spent some money in free agency on the defense a few years ago, and Lafleur is a sharp coach. Guy wins 13 games every year, right? And the Packers, thus far this season, despite the record, have been underwhelming. And Aaron Rodgers has made this season and this year, and really the last few years of the Packers about Aaron Rodgers, and I'm okay with that, but now it is an, a little bit of a, okay, we need you to deliver for us, because the reset would be the Packers are always good but can't get over the hump, and myself and others say it's on Mike McCarthy. It's not on Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy is gone. You bring in Mac, or Mike, Matt LaFleur, and first year you're good, you lose to the Niners in a game, not Rodgers' fault. They run all over them. Jimmy G throws the ball eight times, but they, they lose 37 to 20 or whatever. And Rodgers says, you know what, one of these days we're going to have this game at Lambeau, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And what, the very next year, yep. Aaron Rodgers gets angry because they draft Jordan Love, and it's a controversy all year long, but he delivers for you by winning league MVP, by getting you the one seed. And then in the playoff game, Tom Brady walks off the field the winner. And then that offseason, I'm going to go to Jeopardy. I might retire. I don't know what I'm going to do. Do I want to do this? All of that. But he comes back, and he delivers for you again and wins another league MVP. And that year in Lambeau, in the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers' team scores 10 points. And they lose to a team that doesn't score a single offensive touchdown. And then it's, ah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll go, is it Denver? Well, they hired Nat Hackett because they thought they'd get me. Maybe I'll retire. Nope, give me $150 million and now I'm happy again. And in fact, I'm so happy. I'm at peace. I'm at love. I took some ayahuasca. My mind has been opened up. And now it's everything I've wanted. I got my money. I got the, we drafted some receivers. Yes, we moved on from Devontae Adams, but... That maybe could have been worked out behind the scenes, possibly if Should've. Aaron. I don't know, but Aaron got 150 million. I know that. And thus far this year, he hasn't been one of the eight best quarterbacks in football. But the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, needs to be better. 
Just flatly, there is, there is no story that for this season that ends in them in the Super Bowl that doesn't have as the second line of it, and Aaron Rodgers played some of the best football of his life. They're, they're, they, they are not going to be able to 2015 Denver Broncos this thing, where it's like we have an all-time great right. quarterback, but he wasn't playing that well. The rest of our team, though, was so awesome. We got there. He's got to be better. And, yeah, I, I think Odell should go there, or I think they should try to go get Odell. But I also think he's got to find a way to make it work the way the other guys that are talked about in this echelon do. Because, yes, Mahomes has Kelsey, but he is also making it work with Ever- Juju and the Watt- yeah, Wilkins right. guy the great, and everybody. The great quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks, right, elevate the play of everybody, everybody. up there. It's not about It's not about – the players around you elevating the quarterback's play. If you're going to be great, right, right, you have to be a quarterback that takes a second rounder in Devontae Adams and makes him a superstar. You've got to be that type of player to be a facilitator at that position, but you've got to be that, that high tide that rises all the boats around you. That, like You're not an elite quarterback if you've got to have all the other players around you rise the level right. of you up. Which is why I think he can get it done. Now, I, I don't like the, the Mahomes comparison because in addition to Kelsey, that whole core is better than what Rodgers has. I think MVS and Juju are, I mean, Lazard, some might think he's better than MVS, but I think the Chiefs receiving core is better You know Green who thinks Bay. Lazard's better than MVS? The Packers. Because they let MVS okay, go. Okay, fine, but MVS is a downfield threat. He's a burner. That's, that, they miss that. So I think overall their core is better, but th- there's no excuse. I'm with you in that. There's no excuse for Rodgers this year because the NFC is so down. And Brady's 45, and they look vulnerable, and the Rams clearly aren't what they were. I, the NFC is wide open, and Aaron Rodgers needs to step up. Because I think – I don't. you mentioned how, how often is he in touch with uh, OBJ. How often was he talking to Devontae? He should have been, and I don't know that they weren't, but it doesn't seem like he was really recruiting Devontae the way he should have been. I don't want it wasn't just money. somebody to get one of the richest contracts anyone's ever gotten at his age and then have the answer be, there's not enough around me. That's not, to me, like the Rodgers made, made it very clear to all of us this isn't about money. This is about respect and about how you treat the veterans and how we're, and me being a part of the whole thing. And then magically, didn't look like much of that changed except they signed Randall Cobb and they gave Rodgers $100 million guaranteed. And it's like, okay, we're good. Okay. So now you got to, like, listen, and I've been a Rodgers guy. You got to go kick ass on the field. And thus far this year, he hadn't done it. I still like him signing OBJ, though. <laughs> I, think no, I, I won it. No, I won Rams got OBJ. Yeah. Brady got a bunch of people showing up. I like superstars showing up midseason. Hey, speaking of superstars, what should the fan do with Judge's home run ball? We discuss next. Mm. Nick, mm. Has, Nick has a controversial opinion. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, a new home run record. I'm calling dibs on him, Nick. In the American League, it's Aaron Judge, 62 home runs. Bonds got the record with 73, obviously. 
Here's our friend Tom Verducci writing in Sports Illustrated. I thought this was great. Bonds is the official home run champion. Judge is the authentic champion. One has the official designation. The other is unofficial, but has the prestige and authenticity. Which would you rather have? I said, ooh, Verducci, making my job easy. I'll ask that question on the show. So, Nick, which record would you rather have, judges or Bonds? I'd rather have the one that's a record and not the other the one that's make-believe. <laughs> Jeez. The, li, okay. Listen, okay. Hold, on, hold on a second. I got an answer for the, that. Aaron Judge, I said it last week, I'll say it again. He slowed down a bit the last week. Maybe the pressure got to him just yep. a tad bit. So he's probably not going to win triple crown, but right. it, one of the greatest seasons ever. And Absolutely. baseball tends to work in storylines. Could see this being the year the Yankees break their own little drought of not winning a World Series. That would be nice. And he is the story yeah. of it. And So I'm not trying to take anything away from what Aaron Judge did this season. But the idea that the American League home run record is something anyone has ever given a damn about is nonsense. And the idea, if Aaron Judge is now the real home run king, then that means Roger Maris has been for my entire life. And guess what? Nobody has acted like that. Nobody has talked about I looked it up this morning. Google Trends for Roger Maris's name over the last decade. You know what? It spiked for the first time in a decade the last few weeks because of what Judge was doing. No one was like when Giancarlo Stanton hit 59 the other a couple of years ago. People were like, oh, he's right on Maris's heels. Nobody except for him. You show the tweets, and God love him. He seems like a wonderful son. Nobody but Roger Maris Jr. thinks that Roger Maris Sr. had been the, the king. Roger Maris Jr.'s got some takes out there. Like, uh, you finally have someone to revere the clean home run king. No more trying to explain to you how someone could possibly hit 73 home runs. It's pretty easy to explain. Guy had a massive head and a bigger bat and was one of the greatest players ever. And he was bombing him into McCovey Cove. And guys on kayaks were drowning trying to get him. But the majority of people knew clean home run king. Give me a break. Right. Give me a break, Brew. Barry Bonds, I'd rather have Bonds' record. You know why? Because it's the only thing that's actually a record. Well, okay. Here, look, look I'm, I'm on the record <laughs> yeah. as saying that Barry Bonds is the legitimate single-season home run king. He's a home run king, period, right? Mm -hmm. So, And I, re I, res I recognize that yeah. because MLB is the arbiter of all things baseball, and they officially recognize it. But you'd rather However, have the other one? Well, first, let me say this, because you dismissed what Judge did. Like, it's not even a record. It is a record. It is the American League record. And the Yankees. Furthermore, it's the Yankees record. The Yankees are the most prestigious franchise in all of American sports. I mean, you want to argue Cowboys or Lakers? Maybe. Sure. But I'd say probably the Yankees, okay? Mm -hmm. And he's got that record. He passed the guy. Yeah, Roger Maris. But there's another guy. Babe Ruth, okay? And while Bonds is the home run king, nobody acts like it. It's on paper. He's not in the Hall of Fame. We'll see if he gets in with the veterans committee. The writers, he can't get in with them, okay? Nobody brings him around and celebrates him. It's like he's not a part of baseball. That's true. Aaron Judge is the people's champ. He really is the oh, people's champ. And, and I, look. I think I'm with you. I recognize Bond's record. But Aaron Judge is the people's champ. Aaron Judge gets the respect. I hate to say it. People don't treat Bond's record with any respect. They really don't. 
And maybe, just maybe, but it, it's doubtful because baseball is – we remember Shoeless Joe and all the history. Well, not, but maybe, maybe eventually, <laughs> one day, people will – the details, as we say, will get murky. And we, See, we will just look at it and say, well, Bonds I, hit 73. I I, but – Bonds, I hold on. But we all may be long look, gone by the time that date comes. Sure, but so Bonds will never be able to enjoy it during his lifetime. I don't think. It, do you think anyone's hitting seventy four in our lifetime? Uh, no. I'm gonna say no. So what we do, what we have reason to believe is whether it's murky or whether people put mental asterisks or whatever, Bonds' name is gonna live there for a long time. You want to know how long I think this sixty two is relevant for? Ooh, five years. Wow. Well, you I'll think somebody's going to hit more? No, I, I don't think I, – whether someone hits more or not. Roger Maris, that 61, stopped being relevant 25, 24 years ago when McGuire and Sosa. All right, can, and, so can I push yeah. back on that part? Mm-hmm. I understand. And, like, last night it was weird. Like, a lot of, like, Barry Bond stands came out of the woodwork. I was like, oh, they put their, like, armor back on. Like, all right, time to report to duty on the Internet. <laughs> there are no, like, Mark McGuire stands out there. And there are even fewer Sammy right. Sosa stands. Sure. So if you really want to ride hard for Bonds, don't you think you have to ride equally hard for Sammy Sosa and ride super hard for Mark McGuire? Because that is a very quiet – no one's like, actually, he's in seventh place. It's yeah. Bonds, and you would think that Aaron Judge is not there. Like, there's total erasure of McGuire right. and Sosa. The, no, I don't None think you have None of them were in the hall. I, well, the hall – again, the baseball writers is a – Odd group, and I think the way they handle their Hall of Fame is foolish. So I don't want to, that's a separate discussion. Sosa, to me, it, what hurts him is he never held the record. He might have spots three, four, five, and six, but he never held the record. McGuire hit 70 when Sosa hit 66, and then Bonds only had the one year and hit the 73. If you want to argue that Mark McGuire should get more love, I'm good with that too. Yeah, I too. Like, Sosa is uh, in a weird spot. Because he was unbelievable and one of the greatest home run hitters ever, but never held the record. McGuire held the record, and Bonds holds the record, and Bonds will continue to hold the record. I just, I don't, you, people, to me, the reason I know people are making up some of this stuff, when they're like, oh, like Bruce said, it's a Yankee record. Garrett Cole set a Yankee record yesterday. Hubs told me, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan. Most strikeouts in team history. Most revered team ever. Nobody gives a damn about individual Yankee records. They care about trying to I say, really this guy's the home you run know. king. I care big time. You you did did you even know the Garrett Cole Yes, thing? Garrett Cole. All of them. All of them. <laughs> no, no, this Cole was different because it was, it was Roger Maris and Babe Ruth. We st- Roger Maris still has some significance because even when Sosa and McGuire and those guys passing, we still knew well, it was something fishy going on. And, okay. and now we know it's more than something fishy. Okay. So I've got some other bad news for you. What? You wanted to get to talking about the fan, but Hubs yeah. in my ear saying we got to go. No, I got to tell you, what do you mean? We got to go. You're in charge of the show. Can I just tell you, if you ever catch an important if that were Nick sports right. souvenir if that's America, you. let me tell you something. Listen, listen up. You, you, you catch a ball hit by a guy who's about to sign for a half right a billion camera. dollars, tell and folks try to tell you, do the right thing. Say it. You know what the right thing is? Put it up for auction. You know who can bid in that auction? The dude who's about to sign for half a billion dollars. You know who also can put up bid in the auction? The Baseball Hall of Fame. You catch an important sports souvenir, the person who really wants it is super rich. They can win your auction. As long as you don't hold the auction and say, Sotheby's, 
Everyone can bid except for Aaron Judge. Do the right thing by you and your family and sell that sucker to the highest bidder. And if Aaron Judge doesn't want it, guess what? It means more to somebody else. It means more to whomever will pay more money because he's not not bidding on it because he doesn't have the money. This this peer pressure and, and uh, societal pressure of, oh, a handshake and it's their accomplishment. No, it's not their accomplishment. <laughs> Hitting the ball is their accomplishment. Catching it was your accomplishment. <laughs> Take that money, my friend. Uh, that guy seems like he has a lot of money anyway, so do whatever you want with it. But sell the baseball. There you go. I, I agree with Nick on that one. Yeah. I know. We don't have That's time. when you we go to the game disagree. with your glove to catch a ball. Yes. Well, the Rams Hollywood story be rewritten. Maybe. We discuss next. Strong, maybe. <laughs> it's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Rams hosting the Cowboys, 4 p.m. game on Fox. Sean McVay, not super stressed, saying the story isn't written yet. Take a listen. I'm not sitting here going to make excuses for why we have or haven't done the things that are in alignment with maybe the expectations we have, but there's a lot of football to be played. Um, the story isn't written yet. We do have a stay and how that story is written, uh, but to make sure that uh, you're continuing to, to keep the spirits up and not let some of the expectations get in the way of enjoying and competing to the highest level uh, through the first you know quarter or four games is definitely something that, that you want to be mindful of. But I've, I've, I've got a good sense for this team. Uh, we've got great mental makeup, and, and we've just got to continue to battle and, and stay in the moment. Okay, you want to stay in the moment. you got to put something on those shelves, maybe a small trophy or something, <laughs> a book or two. Uh, Brew, what would a Rams loss to the Cowboys mean? Well, when I answered the first question, the Rams were 2-2. Two and two. If they lose this, they'll be 2-3, and three, and then it'll mean go get OBJ. Oh. All right, that's what it'll mean, no. But I'd say that because, jokingly, offense is the problem. Look, the defense hasn't been great, but I believe with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and the rest of those guys, the defense will pick up. The offense has been the problem. Now, I don't know if Stafford's elbow, if that is part of it, but I think the line will get better. It's been bad. That's been horrible, but I think that'll get better. And then if you, if you get an OBJ, another receiver, then that opens everything up. Because right now it's all cool. It can't be Cooper Cup all day, all night, and then in the afternoon, Tyler Higby. Like, they got to get some, other, some versatility to that offense. And I think having another top-notch receiver would actually open up things for the running game as well. So I, I would say you start to worry really about that offense if they lose it. All right, so let me talk to you about protection because ultimately you have to protect your quarterback, right? And it has to do with the offensive line. But protection is everybody. It's all 11 players. It's the receivers being on time with their routes and their route distribution. It's about your running backs picking up blitzes. It's about your quarterback getting rid of the ball on time. And it's also about your coaching staff. Your coaching staff putting you in the best position to succeed. All these things right now with the Rams are failing. All every, of them. Every piece. Every single piece that I just mentioned. They're not good enough up front. Their backs aren't doing a good enough job. Their receivers don't have the right timing with the quarterback. The quarterback is not playing at his top efficient level. 
and the coaching and play design is not good enough. And I can give you examples of exactly what I'm talking about. Let's see it. So throw up the tape, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. All right, I want you to look at this. Skoranek right here, that's Ebukam. He's one-on-one -on -one out of this bunch formation. Now watch. That bunch formation is creating a situation where he picks himself with that receiver. So Ebukam is right up the field on the boot oh, keep, sat. That's a coaching issue right there. And the problem sometimes with coaches is they stay up all night designing something, and if you don't have veteran players to go, hey, coach, that's a dumb idea. What if this happens, <laughs> right? And, and I've been there where a coach puts something together. I'm like, I ain't doing that because you're going to get me killed or I, don't, I, can't, I, I can't execute that. That's bad coaching, okay? Yep. But there's also the bad playing and the, and the lack of understanding that goes on with young players or inexperienced players or backup players. And I'll show you this offensive line clip where I'm talking about bad players. This is pretty simple. Three on three right here on that side of the football field. But I want to show you something. Look at where Bose is. He's about a foot and a half back from his defensive end right there. So what does that tell you right off the bat? Man, they're running a game. This game is coming, but they don't even see it. They get picked because of the situation. If you're aware of what's going on, you'd alert right now. Hey, guys, watch the tackle, tackle land. Watch it. Here it comes. Whose job is that to alert? That Well, from a young player standpoint, understand you've got a backup left tackle because Whitworth retired, so note boom was there. He had a backup left guard, and he had a backup center in there. And part of the problem with the National Football League right now is something I call the 80-20 rule. And I'm going to educate you guys. I'm going to make you smarter right here, okay? You might want to get your pens out. <laughs> All right. So 80% of the guys in this league make 20% of the money. 20% of the guys make 80% of the money. So you have your superstars that you pay. But the grunt laborers that have to do the majority of the heavy lifting, those guys aren't getting paid, especially the backups. And so what happens is you save money cap-wise by keeping guys on your team that can't play, that really have no business in and the, the league. And the Rams aren't even an 80-20 team. They're like a 90-10 They're really top-heavy because yes. they're so top-heavy. So what you do is every night you say, Dear Lord Jesus, please don't let any of our good players get hurt because our backup players suck. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's what you do every, by the way, the every single night. the Rams won a Super Bowl that way right. last year. You so do that every night. Method. Every night. And what happens when your good players go down is you stink. Yeah. And That's the way so it works. you also, think they just stink. Well, they, I, they're too top-heavy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not. So right now, they're not. Like, I'm not saying you can't get better. Okay. But the players that they have right now, the players that they have right now, and that's why you get that kind of design that we saw in the first play. Why? We got to find a way to get Cooper Cup open. We got to find a way to get the ball to our number one guy. We got to be as creative as we can. The coaches go, they stay up all night and they get all creative and they do things that are unsound. Why? Because they got to make a play. And ultimately, what they're doing right now is a bunch of backup players that they can't get. Matthew Stafford got pressured. I think it was, I, I saw one that was 17, one that was 23 times on Monday night. 23 times he got pressured. And, and it's, it's, it, 23 is right, and it's the most of any game he's played as a Ram. And some of that, obviously, is on the young offensive line, and Wilde's talking about whose job that is. Well, it's one thing if your guard's Mark Schlereth and your center's Tom Nalen, mm -hmm. then maybe Elway's like, they'll figure it out. But if you're Matt Stafford back there and you know who your offensive line well, is right there, okay. he also can let, call let me, it out. Let me tell, like, okay, but let me tell you this. Okay, this is how this works. And, and this is where people don't get, people don't get enough uh, of the blame. Okay? 
if you get pressured 23 times, mm -hmm. okay, and you get sacked six, seven times, whatever it is, yeah, your players aren't good enough. But you know what's not good enough right now? You're coaching. Because you have put your players, like, put a player in a position to fail. Don't act surprised when he fails. You're the dumbass that put him in that position. So go ahead and drop back all those times. Go ahead and create ridiculous issues for your wide receiver to block a defensive end. Go ahead and create those opportunities well, that's and I then wanna... get shocked about, like, right. I can't believe that's we're not protecting people. That's where I want to jump people. in for a second. Because yeah, the, please do. The, you were talking earlier about how all of this comes from the Mike Shanahan system, Kyle and Sean sure, and sure. LaFleur and all of it. All of that has always been based on we set up everything we do off the run. And the Rams, they won the Super Bowl last year, and I give them credit, but when the Rams were becoming the Rams under McVay, they had a guy named Todd, Gur right. Todd Gurley back there who was the centerpiece of everything. This year they can't run the ball at all. And they, don't, they can't threaten you with any receiver other than Cup. And so I, the, Brew, and I give him a hard time about it, references the Titans when we're talking about other stuff as the number one seed from well, last year. We are, <laughs> we are approaching, though, to me, I think about week six is when anything that happened last year loses any relevance whatsoever. You have enough of a sample size of this year. Sure. You are what your team has been this year. Well, through four weeks, the Rams have looked impressive. Zero games. There has not been a single game where sure. it's like, oh, that's an awesome team. Or, oh, right. at least they do that really, really well. They, and there is a reason. I understand that it was catchy and LeBron bought into it and Les Snead became a celebrity GM. Yeah, print up the shirts. The print up them the, the shirts yeah, of the yeah, bleep yeah. them picks. There is a reason most teams are hesitant to do that. Because even if your star players are some of the greatest in the history of the world at their position, which Aaron Donald is, which Jalen Ramsey sure. is certainly one of the best of his generation. Cooper Cup last year was the best wide receiver by a mile. Even if your star power is that high, in a game with this level of attrition, with this injury rate, mm -hmm. you, are, you are going to need right. more depth than the Rams have. What? And right now, they, to me right now, if they, to answer the question, if they lose yeah. to the Cowboys, you have to start questioning, will they even make the playoffs? Because I think it will be very difficult for them. I, to I agree with you. I think it's going to be very difficult for them. And, and I will tell you this about the way they operate. They are a power-run football team disguised as a spread team. Hmm. What people don't understand about them, they're going to get in three wides. They're going to do all that stuff. They're going to show you a bunch of window dressing, a bunch of eye candy, because that's what they do. And then they're going to cram it down your freaking throat. And that's who they've been all these years under McVeigh, And it started to deteriorate last year, and it's continued that deterioration. And right now they can't run it, can't and run therefore it. all their stuff is not working like it has in the past. Great job. Hey, Rams, maybe you should have drafted Cole Strange. Told you. Shouldn't have been <laughs> Hey, OBJ. Well, they should have kept one. <laughs> hey, that was a great segment. We've got one that's equally as good, if not better. It's time for Nick's Tears. And by time, I mean in four minutes. It's actually 3.30. Stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, I just got an update from the committee CEO himself, 
The committee and Nick Wright were up late into the night, burning the midnight oil to present the latest tiers heading into week five. It's the best segment in all of sports television. Take it away. Thank you, Kevin Wilds, and I hate to start with such a downer for you after you give that great introduction, but let's reveal the eight teams, seven teams that don't even oh, get no. all the tiers. Uh, the Patriots are on there, and we oh, know that. Zappy Listen, these teams, the Saints, some people thought they could be a playoff team. By some people, I mean, you know, my man from New Orleans himself, Chris Broussard. Some people believe Season's those teams, they young. shouldn't have. Lions, they're fun to watch, but they don't get on the tiers. Okay, now the 24 teams that still matter in the NFL this season. AFC hanging by a thread. Hmm. These five teams, the Jets, shout out to the Jets for making the tiers, by the way, are all still alive. The Titans and Colts by virtue of being in the AFC South, the Raiders and Broncos by virtue of the overall talent, and the Jets because, hey, Zach Wilson first came back look good, but they need to get hot weeks five through eight because they are barely hanging on. All right, now, NFC hanging by a thread, but for very different reasons. Two of these teams were projected to be two of the four worst teams in football, the Falcons and Seahawks. That is not how it has gone. The Falcons are two plays away from being 4-0. and oh. The Seahawks, you know, some people are saying it's the best a Seahawks quarterback has played in years. That's what <laughs> some people, I mean me. And the Cardinals are getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Hello. Which sounds great, except for the fact that the coach and the quarterback really don't seem to get along. But still a talented team. All right. Wilds, these are tears. You know what these are not? Standings. Not the standings. Let's go somewhere else. Yeah, you want standings, go to NFL.com. They got a nice little <laughs> link for you. You want analysis, come here. All these teams are three and one. They all have reason to be concerned. Miami, obviously, we know. We called them the favorites till Friday, but we knew they were not quite that level of team, and now two is injured. They have controversy all of it. The Giants and the Cowboys are a, right now both a quarterback away from making you really think about it. The Cowboys might be getting that quarterback back. The Vikings... I mean, I watched Kevin O'Connell, and he's now hanging out in the same room as Nathaniel Hackett. The Ooh, really, can wow. you, you really can't figure out how to handle the clock, and your quarterback's Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to have questions about you all year. All right, piece missing. Missing a piece, I should say. For the Packers, we talked about it, it's a receiver. For the Rams, we talked about it, it's offensive line and maybe a receiver. For the Chargers, it's a new team doctor. And for the Browns... It's the quarterback for the time being, and they gave that game away this weekend. But they all, if they fill out the roster correctly, could be quite dangerous. Okay, next group. Dangerous in December. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Hey, peanut gallery, listen up. Five, four fumbles. (laughs) These three teams, each of their two wins have been resounding dominant wins. And these three teams, each of at least one of their losses, they just gave the game away and are going to regret that. However, they have shown you through the first month of the season that they could be very dangerous late in the season. All right, scary everywhere. Three teams, all with dominant defenses. There's no question about their defenses. The Bills have a superhero at quarterback, even if he's a tad overrated by the general media. The Bucks have the GOAT at quarterback. And the Niners have Debo Samuel, who Chris Broussard said might be the best player in the NFL, and George Kittle. Awesome defenses, very good weapons, or very good quarterbacks, dangerous everywhere. Okay, now the question. Favorites Mm. for the number one seed, Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is going to go 14-3. and I don't think, however, they're quite as dominant as that record or their current record will suggest. They have forced 10 turnovers. They've only given up two uh, giveaways. 
I not yet fully bought in on Jalen Hurts, the league MVP, but in the NFC, they should run away with the number one seed. So who does that leave? Well, it leaves not even the favorites. They're not the favorites. They've passed that. The juggernauts. The ju- oh, okay. I don't know what more needs to be said. Surprise, I mean, surprise. Listen, did you see this weekend? Something very interesting. We had games happening on multiple continents, Brew, and every single one of them was a one-score game in the fourth quarter, except for one that is, of course. And that one involved the Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That game was over. It was five minutes into it. The Chiefs, oh, and did you all see another thing? Do you know who, according to a pass rush win rate, has been the most dominant interior defender in all of the league? Defender. Not Aaron Donald. It is Chris Jones, my friend. So you have maybe the best defensive player in football, definitely the best quarterback in football, the best tight end in football, the best coach in football. Sounds like a juggernaut to me. There's your tears for week five. Pretty good. All right. Uh, no surprise that the Chiefs have moved back to the top, you know. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Mm. Well, because maybe because they lost to the Colts. But that's neither that here nor there. Ago. What I want to say, Nick, I want to give you some love. Welcome. Welcome to the bandwagon, Nick. For what? It's scary everywhere. I have them in the Super Bowl. Scary everywhere. Now, assuming everywhere means means everywhere. That means defense, means skill positions, means offense, means quarterback. And you said very good quarterbacks. You did say that, Nick. So, welcome to the Jimmy G bandwagon. Okay, so here's the problem. And I would think a word scary like you everywhere. It doesn't say scary everyone, everywhere, on offense, on defense, on special teams. How can you the be Niners- scary with a bum well, behind center? Well, listen, nobody said he's a bum. He's not a very good quarterback. However, everything else, I pick the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. Is that your critique? Is the Niners? No, that's one of them. I just wanted to give you love on oh, that. Okay. Welcome. Oh, right. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. My critique is come on. Green Bay, how in the world are the Jaguars going to be more dangerous in December than the Packers? Those two teams should be switched. Trevor Lawrence had more turnovers last Sunday than Rodgers will have all season probably. Okay, maybe a slight overstatement, but it'll be close. It'll be close. So, no, look, Jags are playing better than I expected. I'll give you credit on that. But you got to switch them and the Packers because the Packers will improve and be dangerous. Okay, I in think the December. Jags are going to be a better team this year than the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Yeah. Dangerous wow. in December because I picked them in August wow. to be a playoff team. That's <laughs> why they're dangerous. Oh, and, uh, top five in the league in point differential and top ten oh, offense, okay. top ten defense, okay. and uh, the Prince that was promised. All right. So, uh, yeah, he really – Nicolytics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what – that, we're just um, – and then, and then here's the yeah, – I, I need to know mm-hmm. – what your definition of juggernaut is. is. Is your definition of juggernaut giving up 400 yards to the Chargers <laughs> who have a quarterback with broken ribs we and almost losing a game, winning the game <laughs> simply because you let a guy return a touchdown for a, a pick six for a touchdown who was flipping burgers at Wendy's six months earlier, okay? Oh, yeah, so depth. is You're your a definition of, of a juggernaut, a defense that gave up 31 points to Tampa, Garbage is your, is your <laughs> like, a, a, a defense or a team that lost to the Colts who you've got? Wait a minute. Let me see. Where are the Colts here? The Colts are oh, they're hanging by the thread. Colts are they're, oh, they're hanging by, hanging by thread. Thread. They're right down there at the bottom. <laughs> what is the definition of juggernaut? Somebody who's got a really spectacular, fun to watch quarterback and can't play defense. Is oh, that the can't play defense thing? I'm yeah. going to go ahead and, and uh, tell you you're wrong. Because okay. 
Game one of the season, the defense dominated Arizona, and then in the garb when they were up by 30 points, let Arizona get a couple touchdowns. I think you just told me they won game two. I think you just said, my friend, they won game two because of a 99-yard pick six. Who, who With a quarterback who had broken ribs. Well, he went, eh. The he sound didn't go he into the game. Threw the ball was, eh. He didn't go into the game. broken ribs. You know, eh. you know how he got his ribs hurt? The dominant defense. And then the next week, the defense was dominant against the Colts. The special teams lost it. And last week, they let Brady have a couple of nice moments. He's going through a rough time trying to be good charitable. My God. Hey, what are you more for? Listen, I understand you're a Denver guy. Juggernaut. And I understand that you, you know, you're used to the Broncos astute. crushing Various. the Chiefs because that's what they did when you were there. Right. Well, give me a break. I mean, Wilds, Wilds you have no issue. I can't I believe. Have, I have only one issue. I thought it was an excellent segment so far. But I'm going to ask to zoom out on the tiers. You know, I like to look for little diamonds in the rough. Yeah. And a lot of smart football people or a football person <laughs> had this team going all the way to the Super Bowl. Some people were calling this team the Patriots of the West. That's right, the Raiders. Okay. Well, listen, Ooh. Josh McDaniels got there and he said, Ooh, what should we do? I don't want to run. Bill Belichick used to make me run. I don't want to do that anymore. Bill Belichick was right. Through the first three games, Raiders had 17 attempts, ran for 80 yards. They're like, okay, why don't we try to run the ball? 38 attempts, 212 yards, two TDs. Guess what? You also won. That's the first one. Great. Reason number two. I have a little uh, acronym for this. Wait. TP, TWP. No. I don't know what you're referring to. We show the graphic. It's Devontae Adams and Carr finally hooking up. Hasn't dropped a pass yet this year. That's right. The, the passes that were promised. Devontae and Carr finally hooking up. And again, stink. Yeah. A lot of people don't call one win a streak. Now, if you want to push back on me like that, I'm willing to listen. Mm -hmm. That being said, ooh, you get that one win, you start feeling good. Right. I'm also a sucker when the quarterback gives the ball to a coach. I always think that's great. Even a little league, like, hey, Dad, I got this for you. Thanks for coming out. He's like, well, here we go. I'll start crying. <laughs> that's what happened. Derek Carr's like, you know what, Josh? You deserve this ball. Josh's like, thank you. Pfizer yeah. is almost popped You know what he said head. right there? Look at him. He goes, we're going streaking. We're going streaking. <laughs> well, he might not go streaking. You know where he might go. Or oh, take the old bus around Arrowhead on Monday night. Little nothing to lose game. So for your own benefit, meet me halfway. If you move the Raiders up, if the Chiefs ended up losing, you'd be like, oh, what do, you want, what do you want me to do? The Raiders were a hot team. Some people had them going to the Super Bowl. Raiders up a notch. Okay, you can't move the Raiders up a notch. Okay. Because right. they, the the loss to Arizona was just unforgivable the way it happened. The, the next week, they lose to a Titans team that even though Brew was still holding on to the fact that they were good last year, is not very good this year. And their one win is against a mediocre at-best team with an aging quarterback that's kind of been sad to watch. So <laughs> I actually think the Raiders, uh, after the Chiefs <laughs> annihilate them on national television on Monday, could get it together. Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville's tough. Indy, then they get that sad sacks in Denver again. I think one <laughs> in four for the Raiders could turn into four and five. Ooh, five to get five. Hot. And that they stay alive. I actually think that team is a live dog throughout the rest of the year. You know what? It's but as I can't, much as I you can't can elevate from the tiers. I don't try to go for the this? whole pie like you guys. I'm just this? looking for a little bit. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to finish last in the AFC West. Let's go. Hey, guess who's back 500-plus days out? It's my guy, Zion. What's your feeling this season? Yes. 
back in a big way. Softly spry, I'll tell you that. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Guess who's back? My guy Zion. 13 points, 15 minutes, awesome offensive rebound. A great chase down block, ruled a goaltend unfairly. Nick, question's going to you. It's a little drawing a blankish. Yeah. Zion's ceiling this season is what? Top 10 player, all NBA. One of the very best forwards in basketball. Going into this year, there are only three forwards that I know are better than Zion. Giannis, LeBron, Durant. Those are the only three that unequivocally I know are better than him. Jason Tatum has earned the right to be considered in a tier above, but I'm not no, sure. I'm not, it, not. And then other guys, who made the, the other all-NBA forwards were Siakam and DeRozan. Zion's already better than those guys. And I think the, the, the thing that I want to make clear with Zion is, is that it is not projection. It is not what he will be. It's what he already has been. And it's a shame we didn't get to see him last year. Yeah. But, Brew, the, it was unprecedented what he was doing, not for a rookie or a second-year guy, for anyone. And I think we can show you guys the graphics. But his 27 points per game awesome. on 61% shooting. Here's the most points ever on 60% from the field. Mikhail's best year ever. Kareem, Wilt, Shaq. We're good. How about through the first 85 games of his career? That is now about, okay, uh, most points per game. Oh, that's pretty good. Not bad. And keep in mind, the Admiral, you know, was a grown, grown man when he got to the league, right. which is one of the right. reasons he was so dominant. And Jordan, obviously, you know, liked to shoot the ball a lot. Um, and so, the, ah, 50%. Uh, the, and so, point is, Brew, <laughs> it's not like, oh, I think when it all comes together for him, right, right, right. if he doesn't ever improve, if he just stays healthy, he's a fringe Top 15 guy. If he gets, and I assume he will have gotten a little bit better in this time off, he is a no doubt top 15, potential top 10 guy immediately. Well, he has gotten better. I mean, you saw it even with when he before he got hurt with Stan Van Gundy having him bring the ball up, and yesterday you saw him having the ball. I'm going to be interested to see how they use him because now they've got CJ McCollum, who played last night, and Brandon Ingram, of course, who didn't play last night mm -hmm. because he's injured. So, it's going to be interesting how the three of those guys play together. This will be a playoff team, and I do expect Zion. He looked fantastic last night. I mean, he looked, to me, uh, maybe I was just hadn't seen him in a while. He looked quicker than yeah. he had before to me. So, was great with the ball. Everything was fine. To answer the question, Wilds, I'm going to say second team All-NBA. Oh, I think so it's uh, Giannis, Durant, uh, Embiid, Jokic, those guys are going to be uh, – a, a group of those guys are going to be the first team front court. And I, I'm not sure, with all due respect to King James, that this year he'll be better than Zion. He might, but at that age, you could decline. The decline it would could, have to be a pretty you could see precipitous more fall from I don't know how precipitous – well, it was 38-6, and six, but it didn't impact winning. Sure. And that's the difference. 
So uh, Zion, I think, is going to start oh. impacting winning sure. this year. So okay. that's, that's what I'm talking about impacting winning. So I'm going to say Finals MVP. You know that my well, listen. What? You know they're my frisky team. Yeah. And definitely they will make the Finals? playoffs. Finals MVP is the ceiling. Is the ceiling. <laughs> it's not a prediction. The dream? It's the ceiling. The pipe I, dream? I like that. I like that. Here's it's why. like my Trey Lance's ceiling with Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. I, here, I here, here, here is the what I'm wondering about the Pelicans. For, to, win, to make a run and try to win. Sure. Do they have a generational talent that we need an cha- uh, NBA champion to have? Yes. Do they have a, the second uh, option? is actually really good in Brandon Ingram. Got snubbed from the All-Star. He could be great, and he could be even better. What's his ceiling now with Zion getting so much attention? Do you have the savvy veteran who owns a vineyard in CJ? Yes. The question I have is what exactly is that team's identity now? Zion is back. It's like, hey, Zion's back. He's actually introducing himself to guys. I think only four or five guys right. were there from when he played. So it's a new team. We liked, I like to sort of maybe – a. We're disrespected. Maybe that's the identity. But I, one thing I thought that Ja did really well uh, for the Grizzlies, like that team was young, feisty, and very quickly had an identity. Yeah, and it was very his. quick. Can I, but yeah. I don't know what I don't know what this team's identity necessarily is. Well, so the and I don't think they know it either. I mean, I think that Willie Green they're going to have to learn that. It. But I'm gonna. Here's my. Rasar doesn't believe in us. Is there not identity? to the finals? Well, no. No, I, but, no. Hold on. But here, no way. This might push Brew because. You're lending credence? Well, hold on. I'm lending credence to this part of it. I don't think the second option, if they're going to be a great team, should be Brandon Ingram. Oh. And I don't think we yet have evidence that Brandon Ingram, you know, loved the Point Zion experience. And that, and we do have evidence that Brandon Ingram played his best basketball of his career. Now, right. he's, you know, he's a young player, so he's getting better. You'd expect it with him not there. What the mm. Pelicans do – Remember, when KD, it looked like he was going to get moved. I kept saying New Orleans, not only because I wanted him to go somewhere that I thought could be a great fit basketball-wise, but because New Orleans has Brandon Ingram as a very tradable asset, young, all-star caliber player, and all these picks. I don't know who the next star player to decide this ain't it for me is going to be. You know. You think it's going to be Brandon Ingram? You mean in New Orleans? Right. Uh, yeah, I well, think Brandon Ingram and picks to get a bona fide star veteran player to go alongside Zion is the move that I would, if I were David Griffin, I would, I would be, you know, monitoring the wires on, so to speak, it, it, regularly. What Nick is pointing to, Wiles, is it's going to be a challenge for Ingram and, and Zion to fit together for Correct. many reasons because they both like to have the ball in their and hands. They both stars. He's the best I'm player. sure Ingram does think he's as good yes. as Zion. And, and he's not, but he thinks that, and he's played well. And, he's and it's, it's harder to put hat two stars together than a star in a role play. Okay. So, KD in New Orleans totally dead or not? Well, let's see how it starts. Ooh, no, no, no. Game KD one. staying in Brooklyn. Stop the jerseys right Stop after the game. It. Right after the game. Oh, KD's going nowhere. My guy. Wembenyama. Your guy. I already oh. got dibs on him. I got a lot of guys I like. Oh, I love sports. <laughs> Ooh, the future of the NBA was on display last night. Victor Wembanyama had 37 points, four rebounds, five blocks. He went seven for two, for 11 from three. He looked amazing. Couldn't have been better. So the question we're asking Nick is, where would you like to see 
Victor end up. These are the teams with the lowest projected win totals. They've all got their picks yeah. that are protected for number one. So those are basically your options. Sure. There's a few long shots, but that's a, yeah. a fun pool to pick from. Well, definitely not the Thunder. I don't endorse how they've been running business, otherwise known <laughs> as a little Ponzi scheme the last few years. Uh, not the Spurs. They had Duncan and then Rob Robinson and then Duncan. They've been fortunate enough. Brew, other than the Lakers, what team has the best legacy of big men in basketball history? The Houston Rockets. They're up there. I mean, Celtics are. Elvin, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, Elvin Hayes, Moses Malone, yeah. Ralph Sampson to Akeem, and then, of course, Yao. Yep. Dwight and Howard. Yeah, Dwight also as well, but the, not really first. Oh, combo action. The Rockets also, to their credit, never wanted to tank and never wanted to be bad and always tried to stay relevant and then Harden kind of forced their hand into this. And so I think that that's a great basketball market. I think that that is a team that has good pieces. And they've also had an international, like, kind of, you know, unbelievable, never seen someone quite like him before in league history. They've had a few, actually. So I say Houston. Bro. I like that. I, yeah, I, I definitely like that. I mean, obviously, Jalen Green, they got some great young talent there. You add him in there. Oh, my gosh. Um Best landing spot to answer the question on the screen would be the Spurs. Now, I don't want to see him go to the Spurs. They bore me. All right. But Greg Popovich there, I mean, but they Pop, would know Pop how to use him. That much longer. Well, I, with Big Vic, I think he might want to stick say. around. But I'm going to say, Wilds, um, it pains me to do this because you used to be on this team's, you used to love them. The Orlando Magic. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, that would be, of the teams oh. up there on that screen, the Orlando Magic with Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner. What a front line. They're all 6'10 and above you don't have and can me. shoot it. I'm familiar with And the once upon a time, My they got back-to-back -back number one picks before. Yes. Yes, with indeed. With Shaq and Penny. Yes. And this would be a reinvigoration. You you turned your backs yeah, on them, right. so you I shouldn't be mad. Right. They turned their team. back on me. How? Because I wanted to pick Chet. And that's why I'm going with the Thunder. The Frisky Thunder. You want to see a lineup? You want Chet and Vic? Yeah. Why? Here's the here's the Frisky lineup. Oh, <laughs> you can't have oh, Chet and Vic took, out there. I took Baisley out of the lineup. Clutch client. Oh, I'm sorry. A heck of I didn't a know lineup. he was clutch. Is he clutch? Clutch, clutch, clutch Oh my goodness. We're gonna have to redo the graphics. I did not mean to take clutch, any clutch clients out. But that is a that's tough, an interesting lineup. That is I'll interesting. Give you that. Where's the weights? You put the heights there. Well, I like Chet's going to be lifting Chet. every day, all year. Yeah. Chet's going to come back. Every single day. The Thunder do not deserve Big Vic. Why? They don't deserve Hold on. They, they had three superstars walk out the door. Well, yeah, that's right. Or two. Take, thank two. You. You're back. Speaking